G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How you doing today buddy? Not too bad, yourself? Mate, I'm glad to see that weekend of fantasy footy behind us. Yeah, it was... It, it was a car crash. Brutal. That's what it was. I mean... We were looking just before lockouts at our teams. You know, the amount of donuts that we had on the field was like a Krispy Kreme. Do I remember correct that you had 13 players in classic? Did I have 13? Yeah, I did, actually. Wow. It was that bad. I got hit with that many injuries and that many outs. I was expecting to field 18, so I was expecting to be bang on. And then bad things happened. So, oh my God. So I walked away from that... uh, bruised and broken man. You might just be projecting the fact that it was a bad week onto everyone else. Maybe. Maybe it was a terrific week, actually. I it wasn't. I mean, I had a, I struggled to field teams as well, okay. so <laughs> it might not have just been you. But. Well, I, I know that a lot of people struggled for a good score this week as well. There were some pretty decent scores on the park, but it was mixed in with some shockers as well. So, Absolutely, yeah. Speaking of, why don't we jump look in. at... Yeah, jump into the first game of the round. That was Port versus the Bulldogs. Now, a lot of players were expecting some of their guys to stand up in this game. And unfortunately, due to injury on one side, it really didn't happen. So, we'll yeah. take a look at the power first. Yes. Because there were a lot of big scores from the power. Ollie Wines, first of all. This looks real. It looks like he's back. He had that quiet period, mm-hmm. sort of, oh, I don't know. But to, starting around year. about round three or four. Yeah. So, he, he did have a quiet period in there. And he's come home strong in the last two games. They've both been at Adelaide Oval, which is good. He's got another one at Adelaide coming up this weekend. Yes, he does. And, you know, he's gone two games plus 130. I think you can almost say that this is real, and he's still relatively cheap. So if you want to take a punt on it, I don't mind it. But just keep in mind that he will be a big point of difference player. So Could be a good thing, though. Yeah, it could be a great thing. I mean, especially in the uh, this last week of the buys, just to help bump your numbers up a little bit. Yeah. Don't mind the idea of bringing in Ollie Wines at all. And if you're a draft owner who held him through the tough times, oh, everything's coming up <laughs> you at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Rockliffe as well. I mean, he's... Again, I think this is this is real. He, mm-hmm. Like, he, he had that bad week when he... Um, we came back from the bye, yeah. But since then, he's he's built, and I think he's he's going well. I, I really like what I saw from him as well. You know, he started off a little bit slower, but he really eased his way into the game. He was mm. playing predominantly midfield, which is what we want to see. Great by Rocky. Speaking of predominantly midfield, the other big one was Chad Wingard. Yeah. Now, a lot of people would have bought him in last week, but I would say he's close to... Uh, must have this week as well. To be honest, he's yeah, I would agree. He's going up that much in price at the moment. He, you know, he's still going to be making a lot of money. He's got a very low break even. So, uh, priced at five hundred and fourteen thousand, which mm. is dirt cheap, really cheap. His break even is thirty two, and he's playing Melbourne. Cheap. Melbourne's not the easiest match. Melbourne's tough, but he's playing Melbourne at Adelaide. He's playing at home, which is positive. So, I agree. I think he's a must have this mm. week. He's playing. He's cheap. He's Playing midfield. Yeah, and the, the thing I really scoring. liked about it was he actually topped Port's tackle count. He got eight tackles for the game, so mm-hmm. he beat even Ollie Wines and Tom Rockliffe. That's yeah, a, that very impressive. It's a great sign because it means he's not just lingering around the outside of packs waiting for the cheap ball like some midfielders. Yeah. He's in and under. You know, he's getting the job done. Really like Chad Wingard this week. Mm. Go out and get him if you don't have him. I think, you know, he, he's probably going to save you a little bit of money. You could, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you know, some of the other big scorers, Robbie Gray was terrific, great to see yeah, him. very well. good, actually. He spent a bit more time in the uh, in the midfield this week, so... He did, yeah. His heat map's got a big red splotch up forward yeah. in the forward line and another big red one on the centre square, so... <laughs> so, Ken Hinckley's throwing us a bit of a curveball there. If you've still got Robbie Gray, it just means you hold him, but if you don't, it's not quite time to jump back on him yet... He's still losing a little bit of money. You can safely go, right, I'm going to wait another couple of weeks, see what Ken Hinckley's going to do with his role, and then you can jump on him if he's still playing consistent midfield time. Yeah, I mean, agreed. We, we've been burnt once. Don't don't jump straight back into the fire. No, <laughs> um, no, I'll just find his break-even very quickly. Yeah, if you could just find that out, that would be terrific. Just quickly as well, Justin Westhoff was great again, and he is looking like a top six forward. Justin Westhoff's been terrific through these buys. Yeah. So, Robbie Gray, 579,000. Break-even is 102. Mm. So, he's still Tough. he's still got to do very well to get back up there. Still owned by 29% of teams, yeah, which so does surprise me, actually. If you've got him, hold him. I mean, he's shown enough in this game, and he's playing, obviously. This is the last week of the buys. I'd say a lot of reason for the uh, the high ownership levels is because it has been the buys. You don't really want to drop someone who's at least That's on true. the park. That's you know? true. Uh, Paddy Ryder for draft owners was great with 102 mm-hmm. as well. Even Stephen Motlop jumped up with a 96. You know, there was there's just some big scores in this game. It was great to see. One downside, though, was Sam Powell Pepper. Now, I honestly thought he was going to come on a fair bit more this season. Yeah, me too. I know it's a bit of that because it's essentially... He's had a basis. couple of good games. Mm. So I think he's had a couple of... Uh, high 80s or mid 90s in the last month or so. Yeah. But other than that, he's had a pretty average year. Yeah, it's it, bearing in mind the fact that he was out of the team for a while then. Yeah, true. So he had his own sort of demons to deal with there. Um, the other one is Riley Bonner, who, you know, had that amazing start to the year and really took a massive slide. Mm-hmm. He is going to be a player for the future, though. So he's definitely one to watch in keeper leagues. Don't just jump straight off some of these young players who have a bit of a down patch. I think the thing to bear in mind, too, um, in this game was that they were that dominant, particularly in the second half, that the ball wasn't getting into their defence that that often. Um, and, I mean, he was sharing it with um, Burn Jones and Picard as well. So. Yeah, exactly. And Burn Jones was someone a lot of people actually jumped on uh, that before last week's lockout uh, to head into the bye. He just didn't cut it with the scoring this week, unfortunately. Um, uh, for the Bulldogs, mm. it really is a bit of a wasteland. Oh, it was it was tough to watch. It was very tough. McRae going down. Oh, McLean I, getting injured in the first oh, minute. Jeez. And somehow, to add, you know, rub salt into the wound, he was injured. He got hit in the shoulder by Robbie Gray, and yep. somehow he gave away a free kick to Robbie. It was, I don't know if you actually saw that. I must have missed that bit, I think. So he was bending down to get the ball. He was still on his feet, but the umpire deemed it as a, a low tackle, so, or like going below the legs. Even though he was on his feet, it's physically impossible to do almost. And Robbie Gray had hit him at shoulder level, so coming up over the top of his shoulder and almost in the head, and somehow didn't give away a high kick. It was... Or a high free kick. It, it yeah. was really, really Just, strange. Like you said, insult to injury. Yeah, so some of the guys who did well, Bontempelli showed a little bit in the loss. Crozier was fantastic with a 95. Yeah. Bailey Williams, again, was very solid with 83. Yeah. Although it was in there. So Crozier and Williams basically just rebounding like mad all day. Pretty much. Uh, the real the downside to it, obviously, Lockie Hunter, I mean, he just couldn't get enough of the ball on the outside with 68. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Toby McLean who should be back from injury, so there shouldn't be too much 
wrong with him there. Yeah, so he's the one that might be able to get up for this game. Still mm-hmm. touch and go at the time of recording, but um, I mean, we can only hope. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But McRae is out for a month. Yeah, that's that's the sh- the sad part. Now we do have a question from a listener coming up about McRae a little bit later, so we might leave that. We'll just suffice it to say for now that this is just really depressing for Oders. Yeah. I mean, people would have you know sold the farm to try and get him in this week. I did. Yeah, a lot of people did. did. And got a whole uh, whole half out of him before I had... All right, well, what do I do now? (laughs) You know, you're rewarded with, what, a 44. He's lost a lot of money because his break-even was that big 160 that we mentioned last week. So he's lost you a ton of money and you have to trade him out. I think the obvious move for McRae is to go to Josh Kelly, who's coming off his buy. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't already own Kelly, if you do, there's probably a few other options out there. But for we'll, me, that's the obvious yeah. one. We'll discuss that a bit later as well. Um, the other one was Easton Wood with that massive hamstring injury. Looks like it's off the bone as well, so he's yeah. probably out for the season. Really sad yeah. for him. We like watching uh, Easton Wood run around in the park. He's, a, he's a good player. Um, and we won't talk so, about Caleb Daniels' 16 points either. He just wow, couldn't touch how? it. <laughs> how? I think the thing to note here is that the Bulldogs players that rely on someone else winning the ball and giving it to them, yeah, all struggle. Hunter, Daniel, those sorts of guys really, yeah. really didn't do well. Um, yeah, Biggs as well, mm. not to the same extent, but a little bit. Yeah, um, and I think with probably their two best players under the, that injury cloud, McRae mm. out definitely, McLean maybe out. Don't be jumping on some of those outside Bulldogs. You know, Hunter's struggle. Hunter's going to struggle for points in the coming coming weeks. It's it's going to be are really going to struggle. Not great. Um, and they come up against North this week. And you'd have to assume that Josh Dunkley comes back in though. That'll be interesting. Surely. For some, that'll be interesting Surely. for some draft teams with him on the waiver wire. You know, he might get some midfield time coming up. Uh, we'll move on to the next game of the round, which was actually a pretty. Pretty tight, well-fought game for most of it. Swans versus Eagles. Swans came out on top in the end, as they did at the start of the season. Yep. Uh, not the best game for fantasy, to be honest. It was It's a really tight, <laughs> competitive one. And we've said before that the SCG doesn't translate to a lot of great fantasy scores either. There's, no, it really doesn't. There's not that massive amount of space for players to roam around and get easy plus sixes. Uh, Jake Lloyd was terrific uh, throughout the entire game. And he actually made a couple of uh, competitive spoils, and uh, we we joked at one stage while we were watching this game because we saw Jake Lloyd make one really strong tackle and said yeah, that was his tackle. That was his tackle. It's the only tackle he made <laughs> for the game. We thought because <laughs> he does a tackle normally, and yeah, just like we thought he made. <laughs> for those of you playing at home, <laughs> Jake Lloyd doesn't tackle. Accurate. Um, Isaac Heaney was terrific as well with uh, with 101. Just crept out of the Heaney zone Just by one point. Crept out of the Heaney zone. Well, I'm going to call this still in the Heaney zone. I would as well. You know, it's a it's a Heaney plus mm. is what it is. It's 95 to 100 was the Heaney zone. And 100 to 105 is a Heaney plus. <laughs> there we go. We'll go Heaney plus. But yeah, he's he does seem to score pretty solidly at that level every single week, which is what you want from forward. Yeah, I mean, you're not upset with that. At not, all. not at it's all. It's just amusing it's so consistent. Yeah. Uh, the really big one for drafts and keepers, Ollie Florence. Now, this is interesting. He is doing stuff this year. He is going really well, and somehow he's owned by 2% of salary cap teams, which is just... Amazing. Beyond me. I don't know how that's possible. But in your keeper leagues, if someone doesn't own Oliver Florent, go out and grab him because he's playing a role on the wing. He's a good kick. They want to get the ball in this kid's hands. Yeah. And he's got that. He's showed last he, year he, he was competitive. He looks smooth mm. when he's cr- when he's moving across the field, particularly in the last fortnight. Yeah. Like he's 
been a slow developer. Mm-hmm. He hasn't come on quite as quickly as I know we've been hoping because mm-hmm. we've been quite high on him. But he's the last fortnight he's been really yeah. good. Owned by 38% of leagues mm-hmm. in Ultimate Footy. But um, yeah, those last two weeks, 86 and then 98 this week. He, he looks good. He looks like a good young kid. So in your keeper leagues, make sure that someone owns him. Don't let him slip to the waiver wire and have a great finish to the year. And then, you know, in your uh, draft next year, he'll have to go very high. Mm. Um, who else have we got there? Lance Franklin. A little bit of a better game from Jeez, him. He could have had a bag. Yeah. 2-5. Uh, he was under pressure a lot of times when he kicked the ball, um, so he was on the run a fair bit. It was it was really tough as well because I think he was on seven points at quarter time, so he just didn't have a great start to the game. Yeah, either. his second half though was oh, he monstered it. He was absolutely everywhere, and from there it sort of tapered off. You know, you've got some scores in the eighties. Heath Grundy was solid. J- JPK was okay for eighty six. You'd be hoping for more from him. Yeah, Luke Parker did another Luke Parker where he started off very well. You thought he was going to have a great game. He just completely falls away and scores a seventy five. Yeah, um, and this is Ronk was back. Front. Yeah, Ronk was was doing. Stuff. All right, you know. Um, 80. Another 80. Yeah, he's, uh, he's still making a little bit of money in salary cap I somehow. Think most people probably would have moved him on by now. I would have thought so, but they do have their buy this week, the Swans. So this is the week to get rid of him if you still have Ben Ross. He's still owned by 15% of teams. So, yeah, so this is the week. Um, the, I mean, the really big one for me, we've talked about it a couple of times, is Dan Hannabury. How is this possible? Well, I mean... Yeah, I don't get it. Just... I, 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 we were sitting me. there. We didn't even. We weren't even sure he was playing for the no. first half. <laughs> it's if you asked me three years ago, I would have said like in a keeper league. So and that's obviously a league where you're holding players for a long period of time. Yeah. Dan Hanbury would have been one of the top players, the top tier players who I would want Definitely in my team. First rounder. Yeah, I mean, maybe even top five actually. Dan Hanbury was that good, and he yeah. was consistent. This, I mean. Now, it's interesting. He yeah. actually got 24 touches. Yeah, that was the other 21 handballs to three. He was tagging Andrew Gaff as well. He was tagging Andrew Gaff. He didn't get a mark. He tackled only twice. He gave away about three free kicks. And, oh, my God, it's just... I don't understand what's going on. I, I have no idea. We'll move on from that. But if you if you are a draft owner or a keeper league owner, I mean... I would geez. feel for you. Because yeah. he's got no currency. Pour yourself another drink. But you can't <laughs> drop him because he's Hanabry. No, you can't. Especially you're in the Keeper League. You're stuck holding him. If, in the Keeper League, don't accept a trade for Dan Hanabry at the moment if you own him because you're going to be getting nothing. And he's worth... I mean, if he goes back to what he was, he's a great player. Yeah. Just don't overload him for peanuts at the moment. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um, on the Eagles side of the ledger, Elliot Yo is pretty much the best defender in the game at the moment. Uh with Rory Laird injured, so it's un- undisputed. I'm, I'm really like I would say if you don't own Elliot Yo, you need to find a way to get him into your side. I know he's expensive, mm. but you need to pay that bit extra because he has such a massive ceiling. And he's, if anyone tries to tag him, he's got the physicality and the athleticism to work off of that tag. So I don't think you have to worry about his point scoring ability. Um, what's that, Chris Maston? With 105 was the next best scorer. And that that just hurts to see. I'll just go back to Yo very quickly. 682,000, break even of 93. Um, Playing Essen this week, who do give up points. Uh, He will go big this week. Um, So, yeah, make sure you try and get Elliot Yo into your side. It's a a fair fall-off from there as well with the Eagles players. Uh, Jack Redden was the next best with 87. So, really, uh, you know, just not enough for most of your other players. Andrew Gaff was... Like we were saying, he was being tagged by Dan Hanbury. Um, mm. uh, but 
Yeah, he was still sort of effective. 82 wasn't the best fantasy score, though. Um, but also not the worst for someone that got tagged. Yeah, true. Um, and a lot of the other guys just didn't do well enough for your draft leagues either. Luke Shuey was awful in his first game back. Uh, yeah. You know, you had He'll get better. Dom Sheed yeah. for keeper leagues. He's just, wow. I, I don't know what Dom Sheed's doing at the moment, but he's not sure. His job might like be in jeopardy at the moment. Um, I'm not sure. I think, is there anyone pushing for his spot? Not really through uh, from the waffle. I mean, you've got young kids like Luke Partington. My only worry would probably be Dan Venables coming back in mm-hmm. from injury pretty soon. Hutchings so, isn't in the side at the moment. No, either. Hutchings isn't in the, the Eagles side, so he might come Sheep in at some stage. really wasn't giving them a lot. No, so it, you know, Hutchings does offer them something as a, as a lockdown player. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if Sheed is only putting this much up as a more offensive player, why not just bring a defensive one in? Yeah. Um, yeah, and really the only other one to talk about just quickly was Jared Brander. Had a good first quarter and then was rarely spotted after that. So Understandable. Un- yeah. Un- a tool on debut. Exactly. And unfortunate if you did bring him in as a cash cow because I know some people tried you know, anything so to make a bit of money last week. Pretty brutal game to debut oh. as well against Sydney in Sydney, in Sydney as a tall. Yeah, tough. And he was... <laughs> he was as a tall forward, I should say. Yeah. That's a tough initiation. They were tag-teaming Josh Kennedy in the forward line a lot, and I noticed that Heath Grundy was occasionally on Brander, and that is a harsh matchup for the first game. A lot. Not at all. Grundy no. is a terrific defensive player. Uh, we might move on to the next game of the round, which mm-hmm. was Dockers versus the Blues. Ooh, I mean, this wow. was just a, a good old-fashioned spanking. This, this was brutal. Was harsh. The first half, particularly. Yeah. And the, uh, the two top players from the Dockers were, of course, Lockie Neal and Nat Fife, both just over 125. Neal had a respectable score. He did, and it's because he had 15 kicks to 18 handballs. That's almost 50-50. Almost. I mean, and kicked three goals. Well, that that, that, no, that does help, actually. <laughs> Nat Fife himself kicked two. So, um, yeah, yeah, fairly I, dominant game from them. I feel like this is one of those ones where you can't read too, too much no. into it. But, um, on the other hand, any team coming up against Carlton, the mm-hmm. top players look like they're just going to feast at the moment. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw was was really solid. I liked what I saw from him as a rookie player. Probably his best game, or definitely his best fantasy game to yeah. date. But I'd say probably his best game as well in terms of covering the ground and getting the ball. Agreed. Uh, Tommy Sheridan, if he's available in your draft leagues, go out and pick him up. He's scoring very consistently at the moment. I like what I see from Tom Sheridan. He is, yes. Um, and we've talked about Ed Langdon the past couple of weeks. That's a solid score from him. Uh, same with Luke Ryan and David Mundy, those sorts of guys. Yeah. Uh, I suppose the... Sanderland's back for a 70. Yeah, and that, some draft guys. But it has affected somewhat Michael Atmos's scores, who was scoring like very well before he came in, and yeah. he's down to a 58 this week. So yes. keep that in mind for your draft leagues. Yes. And of course, Frio is one of the teams on the bye this week. Yes. so As are Sydney, we should have said in the last game. Yeah. Um, so... You know, again, we don't want to read too much into this because, like we said, Fremantle just ran all over the Blues. Um, the, uh, the One of the Blues players that stood up, though, was Cade Simpson, and he did it after one of the worst first halves that I've seen in a long time. I mean, he barely touched the ball. I think he was on about 24 at half time. Yeah, he was not on a lot. And he looked like he had fire in his eyes at the, when he came out for the third quarter. He would have had about, oh, four, I think four touches in the first five minutes of the third yeah. quarter and three of them were from Marks and rebounding it out. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure league. watching this game at quarter time, Simpson was laying into the rest of the team at the quarter time break before the coach even got there. Yeah. Obviously, it didn't really help a lot in the second quarter, but I think at half time, yeah, he 
He was a man on a mission in the second half. Which just leads me to believe that Cade Simpson might be getting another year on his contract. He might play on next year because he's in terrific form. Carlton do need some sort of leadership, and he yeah. is a he is a natural leader. I mean, mm. how he hasn't been a captain at some stage of his career in this Carlton squad in the last like even eight years is just beyond me. Um, I know there's been other options. Uh, yeah, I know Mark Murphy's a, a I mean a pretty good <clears throat> captain, but you know, Cade Simpson's just been so stoic back there. Yeah, um, Paddy Cripps, that's a better score from him after his yeah. poor scoring heading into the bye. Yeah, it was really just those two trying to hold back the tie. It really was. I mean, Dale Thomas was pretty good, but he was getting a lot of cheap intercept marks. So, you know, <coughs> you can't really read too much into that. Uh, Matty Cruiser was sold with a 92. Same with uh, Sam Kerridge. Um, you're not happy with Ed Kernow's 90 because a lot of people would have bought him yeah, in last week. Really. You paid extra for him. You're hoping for something closer to 105 at a minimum. Yeah, I would have been hoping for 105. But and again, he looked on track for it at half time. Mm-hmm. Um, slowed down a bit in the second half. Yeah, but again, they were getting smashed. So it really is hard to read into that. Um, Good from Weasering, 83. Solid for from those in the draft mm-hmm. uh, community. Again, it was in their back line a lot. There's a yeah. lot of high mark numbers in Carlton's team, and that's because they were just getting a lot of intercept marks because free were pushing it forward so quickly. Yeah. Um, the, the downside for me was probably Charlie Kernow, who, you know, I mean, a lot of those forwards are going to suffer. Kernow, Casbold, uh, Patrick Kerr, you know, all those guys just, the ball just wasn't getting to them. Yeah. Shall we move on to the next game? This is a really hard one to read from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Or anyone else you want to point out there, Matty? Uh, not really. No. We'll, uh, we'll go to, this was a cracker, this game, this actually, the next game. one. Saints versus Gold Coast. Saints got up in the last minute. It was, well, that was a good comeback in that last quarter. It was great, and you kind of felt it needed. If I I was going when I was yeah. going into this game. I thought, right, what this game needs for both sides, St Kilda really needs to win, probably yeah. more so than the Gold Coast do. Yeah, but Gold Coast need to make this incredibly close. So yeah, but the the issue is Gold Coast didn't kick anything the last quarter. No, so no. even though like they lost the game, obviously, but they yeah. are massive losers out of this game because it appears that they do have an issue with the, the last quarter. They whether do. that's a fitness issue, whether it's a mental issue, yeah. they just stopped that last quarter. It's it's really tough to see from Gold Coast, but I mean, the game just itself was amazing. Oh, it was really fantastically yeah. competitive. From a uh, fantasy point of view, Seb Ross, 137, he was great, really solid player. Yeah. Jack Stephen was back with 110. Much Good better. back from being tagged last week. Oh, much better. All right, all right. We've, <laughs> we've got a question about this guy later, so I'm just going to move straight on from a certain... Jack Billings. I was about to say a certain Jack, but then realised there's like 15. Yeah, team, I, was, so. I actually was. There's too many Jacks in St Kilda's team. Um, Jake Carlisle was... I was about to say Jack Carlisle. No, I was actually. Jack... Damn it, Matt. <laughs> Jake Carlisle was really solid with 103, and it sorely affected Logan Austin's scoring. Logan Austin yeah. went straight back to his, you know, 30s, 40s that he was yeah, scoring at Port. Not great. Not great at all because... Um, I mean, Austin's break-even was like negative 32 or something yeah. coming into this round. So you'd think, even though he's got the buy, he's probably got a low enough break-even to hold if, if you have other things that you'd rather do instead. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's all probably pretty much made his money. But if you don't need to... So if you've got other things to do instead, yeah, that's perfectly fine. I myself, I've traded Logan Austin out just because of this. I mean, I don't, I can't see his scoring being particularly well when they've got Brown, Carlisle, and you know they've still got Shane Savage. 
The, Web, Webster is out again for yeah, a little bit, so the, but he was out pretty much this whole game. So. Yeah, and he, he just couldn't score with him out of the side either, so that yeah. I don't think will help um, either way. The other injury was Bailey Rice, which I didn't actually see that one. Got Did you cussed in the second quarter? So he should be fine after the bye. So yeah. I would say I would rather hold Bailey Rice over Logan Agreed. Austin if you have both of those players. Agreed, yeah. Um, some of the other good scorers are... Oh, Oh. Your reverse Hutchings. Oh. Jack Armitage. Jack Armitage, all right. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later when we get yeah. to risk it for the biscuit, but David Armitage was really solid with a 96 very for good. those draft owners. Very good, yeah. Have a look at him in, uh, in your draft leagues because he's very poorly owned and, you know, he does have an ability to score half decently. So uh, just to cover myself, so I was kind of happy no matter what happened. I actually brought him into one of my draft teams. This, oh, did you? <laughs> this round, yeah. Good call. Well so done. I was both happy and disappointed. Well done, man. Solid. Uh, Luke Dunstan was really poor with a 63. Draft owners would have been really upset with that. Same with Shane Savage. Now, Shane Savage has been pretty down. So I'm just going to go back to Armitage very yeah. quickly. Owned by 54% of leagues in Ultimate Footy. So yeah. He will be available after the buy. Yeah, uh, jump on him, guys. Um, but yeah, yeah. So uh, who was I talking about just there? Um, Shane Savage has been down for a few weeks. Mm. He's not quite doing what a lot of players would have hoped, which is more averaging closer to you know maybe in ninety, ninety two, yeah, somewhere eighty and five. Um, no, he's he's gone below eighty five now. His, his average is dead. Honestly, if they didn't have as many issues with their back. With just their backs being injured all mm-hmm. the time, his spot might be in jeopardy at the moment because yeah. he's a rebounder. He's not a lockdown guy, and he's not getting enough of the ball to rebound. It. I agree. It's it's the exact same thing we were talking about with that Dom Sheed before. You know, you might if they didn't have so many injuries, they might as well bring in a defensive guy if they're not going to get anything from a uh, rebounding player. Uh, yeah, but Josh, with Webster out for another stint. Josh Battle was pretty solid again. 66 from him from three goals. I really like him as a, uh, a young player. And, mm. you know, he's he's making enough money to hold on to him through the bye as well. So stick with Josh Battle if you bought him in last week. Uh, Gold Coast. Yes. Nothing great to put, to report on from a fantasy point of view, really. Uh, Dave Swallow was solid for his 102. And actually, good to see Jared Lyons back. But did you? The man, of the man of mystery himself. Did you see him? Well, I actually didn't. I did watch a lot of this game, and I didn't really notice Jared Lyons. So classic Jared Lyons. He just Lyons did his usual thing of getting in and under. Made his, really. made his way up to 99. Yeah. So Good return from him. Hopefully holds his spot. Yep. Uh, I'd say he should. I mean, yeah, I he so. was one of their better performers, and he usually is. I'm, I'm still confused as to why he lost his spot. Uh, yeah, t- really tough. Uh, Jared Witts, after that massive score last week, had just 81, but it also included 40 hitouts. So it's pretty much what Witts does. You know, he doesn't really touch the ball. It's just how many hitouts he gets in a game. <laughs> yeah. Depends on what his score is. Um, you know, some pretty average scores from most of the other players. Uh, even from a draft league perspective, I'm not too convinced in a lot of these Gold Coast guys. Uh, ben Ainsworth, probably the only other one to point out with a solid 80. He's still making some money if you're one of those players that Do you know how many bought him in. So his break-even is 61. Mm. He's 486,000. Guess what his percentage ownership is in Classic? I'm betting it's about 30%. 30? 30? Lower. Oh, is it lower? 20? Lower. Really? Oh, no. Oh, no. 15? Lower. 10? Lower. Five. Lower. So, wow. Okay. 0.61%. All right. We are in that percentage, I believe. <laughs> Both of us. Both of us are in we that. We might be that 0.61%. We are that 0.6%. He was looking like a really good young guy to bring in for the buys, just to hold you over, make his money, because he did have 
almost 100k to make, but unfortunately, you know, he, he really hasn't done it last week and didn't yeah. really touch it in the last quarter. 80 was solid in this game, but you would have wanted more. Agreed. Um, so if you've got him, he's break even 61, he'll make that. So hang on to him for another week yeah. and then move on. Absolutely. I'm really just talking to us, aren't I? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You're pretty much just talking directly to me. Um, so, yeah, there's not really too many others I want to point out from Gold Coast. So I might move on to the next game of the round, which was Hawthorne versus Adelaide. And, geez, Adelaide just looked like a shadow of their former selves. They've got too many injuries. They can't keep this up. So they tried for a while. They hit breaking point. They broke. And now they're just shattered all over the place. Yeah, agreed. Um, so the top scorer for the Hawks, they who were dominant, was Tom Mitchell. I mean, we would have expected that. A lot of people would have captained him. Yeah. Uh, 120 was fantastic from him. Jaeger O'Meara, great to see a solid score from him as well. Yes, I say, say solid, 114. Yeah, really good. There were a good. lot of draft owners who went earlier on him than yeah, that I think probably was necessary. Draft would be the way to go. He wouldn't be of too much interest in Classic anymore. So, also, we had James Sicily with 109. That was a great score from him. I'm looking to bring in James Sicily this week myself, actually. He's... Yeah, I think he's someone that you kind of have to have by the end of the year in Classic. Yeah, he looks absolutely fantastic at the moment. I mean, I know I've been really up and down on him this season. You really have. It's almost week by week. You it, can... But that's the kind of player he is. He is a week by week player. He's not, he's not an overly consistent player because his highs are very high, but his lows... While they are low, they're not as low as some guys. You know, he's yeah. his lows are he's he averaged eighty for that three week period leading up to this. Yeah, that's not awful that's for really a defender. Not terrible for a top tier defender. Yeah, I think he's sort of you have to just set and forget him. Yeah, not from a good perspective, just from like a peace of mind perspective. Exactly, because if you look at the if you looked at those you know three almost eighties in a row, you'd just be like, Jesus, why is he in my side? But You've just got to know in the back of your head that like Cade Simpson and some of those guys, he can spank out 110, he can 120 turn it on every now and again. Any week. Um, so, well, speaking of that, just quickly, um, you know, James Sicily and Connor Blakely are two very similar players. Um, I'd take Sicily over Yeah, Blakely. I probably would too, just if you gave me the choice like right now, if you said, who do you want to yeah. want to take? But if you look at their averages, they're actually really similar for this year. I feel like... This is almost feels wrong to say, but I feel like Sicily would have a lower standard deviation, though. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I feel like Blakely's gap between his highs and his lows is actually greater than Sicily's. Yeah, I think you're probably right there, but still, it's it's really tough to say sometimes. Yeah, um, especially when you're doing player comparisons like that. So James Sicily, absolutely at the top of my list of, you know, those top six defenders that you have to have at the end of the year. He's right in the mix there somewhere. Yeah, I think um, Laird, once he's back, Yo, Sicily, Simpson. Uh, I was going to say, those are the top three. Ooh, so you rank Sicily in the top. Th- Ooh, I would have Simpson ahead of Sicily by a, a fair margin. Because while, yeah, Simpson has had his 65s and that sort of thing, he's more consistently gone under His ceiling's higher, yeah, so... I'd have him higher I'd than have Sicily. Laird and Yo, Tier 1. Yeah, absolutely. Sicily and Simpson, Tier 2. Yeah, I could deal and with And then that. after that, it sort of falls away a fair It bit. does fall away a fair bit. Um, uh, had some solid scores from Gunston and Bruce, which will happen in uh, smashings like Absolute this for the Hawks. Yeah. yeah, which was absolutely ridiculous. Um, it, it does fall away massively from there, though. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, unfortunately... Players uh, in draft leagues like Jared Ruffhead, um, Sean Burgoyne couldn't capitalise on the uh, the dominance of this game. that Smith and Shields didn't do yeah. better. Yeah, this is the sort of game you would think that, especially Isaac Smith, who's that massive outside running player, yeah. would really capitalise on. But no, they, they just didn't. Maybe it was just because I didn't get to watch this one. I was otherwise occupied. Mm. But 
Maybe they were just too direct, so yeah. they didn't actually need to use the guy on the outside. <laughs> Otherwise occupied. Is that your professional way of saying you were drunk on Saturday night? Maybe. I Don't was, spoil the mystery. <laughs> I was also there, man. I was also drunk. So right. We were otherwise occupied <laughs> having drinks. Drinking. <laughs> so we'll move on from there. Uh, Ryan Burton, unfortunately, you know, hasn't really come back to what we thought he could do. He had those couple of good weeks. Yeah. Very recently, we thought maybe he could play, be playing that uh, rebounding defender role again. You know, he's just not doing it at the moment. Not quite. Yeah, so... Um, I don't know what to think of Burton at this stage. Now, I think if you own him in a keeper league, you just have to Stick give him, him on the bench. Think him on the bench of the year. Write this year off and see what happens next year. Yeah, because I agree. Hopefully, it just resets. So this is like his almost like his second year blues after a breakout last year. This is true. I know he's been in for a couple of years, but that first year was really injury riddled. I think I he, only he had broke his leg in his underage year from yeah. memory, so he would have been recovering from that in his first year. Yeah, that's that's right. I'm pretty sure. So we'll move on to the Crows. Uh, Bryce Gibbs was really good. Matt Crouch, much better to see from him. 106 is definitely what we need. Yeah. Jake Kelly is incredibly frustrating oh. for draft owners. Oh. You know that they're struggling when Jake Kelly's getting 103 because he's, he's a lockdown defender. He is. Had 10 marks. He was fantastic in the back line. Um, even Andy Otten, who had 12 marks, he was doing a lot of stuff in the back line as well. Hardigan got 79. Talia got 79. Jeez. So a lot of the defenders basically racking it up. Tommy Dode was really 71. solid. Malera, 71. So basically all their scorers were... Yeah defenders and their top two midfielders. Now, I'm just going to point out two players quickly before we move on from Adelaide because I do not want to spend too much time on them. Uh, Tom Dode has done his job. He was fantastic. This is the week to go. Yeah, move him on. We don't know what his break-even is because we, he's on his bye. It's, it's gone up. I think it's but around about 90. It'll be at that point now where it's time to move him on anyway. And, yeah, I, I love what he's done. He's been fantastic for us. We can wave goodbye to Tom Dode. The really disappointing one is Paul Seedsman. Now, in a game where... Absolutely all the defenders racked, up, racked it up. He did not touch the ball. I believe he got like injured, barely. though. I didn't see I'm him get... I'm not sure when. I didn't see him get injured. Well, you uh, wouldn't have because you were otherwise occupied. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost couldn't see at the end of that night either. So, uh, yeah, yeah responsibly, boys and girls. Yeah, absolutely. We do not condone uh, over-drinking in any way, shape or form. Except for last Saturday night. And, uh, <laughs> and we move on. <laughs> um, but no, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that Seisman did get injured, um, as did Sam Gibson. Mm. They're both in a little bit of doubt. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But you, you preferably want to move on Paul Seedsman because it's his bye week this week. Yeah, it, it looks like he's not going to be one of those top six defenders that he looked like for the first month and a half of the year. Yeah, agreed. Um, probably just quickly to mention before we move on to the Cats-Tigers game was uh, Paul Wilson. So many uh, coaches would have bought him into their side this week as their uh, downgrade player to make a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. He did barely anything, couldn't find much of the ball. Really unfortunate. I, I don't think you can move him on this week in the buy because he's not making you any money uh, or he, he, he hasn't, hasn't made, made you any money. Um, you just have to leave him in your side, hope he gets another game when they get back Or here. put it this way, do you really think they've got... Anyone coming back to save the day? No, not really. I think Sloane's due back, actually. Sloane might be due back, which probably puts him under pressure, but I don't think they'll rush him because I think... Well, if, if Gibson and or Seedsman is injured and misses... Yeah, Gibbs, Gibson, Sloan you could probably say... For them. Yeah, Wilson could, could play Gibson's role, sort of yeah. thing. Like a, a lockdown, maybe, or an outside <laughs> player. Uh, we'll move on to the Cats and Tigers game. Uh, this was ripping contest for most of it, but yeah. just edged away towards the end of the Tigers. They were too good, as they always are at the MCG. 
which must really rile up Cats fans that they had to play a home game at the MCG when they have a perfectly good home ground in Geelong. I reckon there'd be a few upset about that. Because there is a distinct home ground advantage. And the Tigers Tigers did look... uh, I'm positive that they had more fans in the stadium as well because, you know, there's generally a lot more Tiger fans. There are a lot of Tiger fans out there. Um, But again... Richmond just aren't a fantasy side. I mean, no scorers over 100. Nick Floston was the best with 98, who has been very consistent yeah, like, just in the past couple of weeks. Look at his stats just because... Check him out, because he's... We've mentioned him a couple of times, but Reese Conker, again, he's been okay, but not someone you would want to consider much of. Alex Rance on 89. No. Kane Lambert was much better, but he's been up and down so much this season. Yeah, jeez. It just I, I don't want to pick any Tigers. If you have any Richmond players in your salary cap side, uh, you are doing it wrong this year. Um, and I say that finally after having gotten rid of Dustin Martin this week. <laughs> oh my god, I feel so good because watching Dustin Martin play at the moment is depressing for fantasy football because he's still he's getting a decent amount of the ball. You know, he had what's that about twenty four disposals this week. 22. Uh, 22 disposals, kicked a goal, uh, but he's giving away a lot of free kicks. He's barely marking the ball. Uh, they are a run-and-gun team, so they mm. are running and handballing it a lot. Yeah. Quick little kicks, they get, and they quite often kick over the top of the player to let that player run onto it. Yeah. They're not like a Collingwood who are chipping and marking, chipping and marking, yeah. or you know, uh, teams like Hawthorne used to do that, and all those sorts of things, which is consistent for fantasy footy. Uh, so, do you want the, the yeah, Boston yeah, numbers? Yeah, Boston numbers. So, I'll go backwards for his last month or so. Mm-hmm. 98 this weekend, 68, 74, 90, 50, and 131 was his season high. So, a really bad score of 50, but if you take that out, he's had a pretty good month or so. That's yeah, I, I said a 68 isn't a great score either. Yeah. But 68 and 50, taking those out, the rest of his month's been pretty good for a... He'd realistically yeah. be your fourth or fifth defender he in would. draft. 68 as a fifth defender, I'm not terribly upset with. Not terribly. But, but you, you want more, but that's good for a guy you picked up off the waiver. So have a cheeky look at Nick Flosson if he is available on the waiver wire. This will annoy a couple of our listeners because I know a couple of weeks ago <laughs> we said, no, he's not worth a keeper spot. He, but ugh. I don't know. I still feel there's better options out there, but in a really deep league, Maybe yeah. you do look at him, I don't know. It's really tough. In I do feel good about it, though. In deep leagues, with the amount of injuries and all those sorts of things going on this year, you'd look at almost anyone at the moment. Yeah, I don't feel good about it, though. No. Uh, before we move on to the Cats, just a quick word. Toby Nankervis was really disappointing in this game. Only a 58. Mm. You would have hoped for a few more tackles, a few, like... Again, Richmond just on a massive marking side. The so. commentators were really enjoying pointing out how athletic Ruckman get on top of Nankervis, and he was playing, I don't know which one of their Ruckman were Reece playing Stanley in Stanley dominated. Reece Stanley, Stanley had 113 week. points with 34 hit-outs, so he beat him in yeah. hit-outs as well as you know around the ground. So Reece Stanley's locked his role in for the next few weeks at the very least. I the next say. week. All right, let's yeah, not get ahead of ourselves. We'll say that next week. He'll probably be a late drop by Chris Scott, where, for yeah. all we know. Actually, do they have to buy this round as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, Cats and Tigers both. So he's locked his role in for two weeks. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, so we'll go on to Geelong. Joel Selwood was amazing. He was fantastic for the entirety of the game. Yeah. Uh, as we just said, Reese Stanley was very solid. And Sam Menegola, oh, jeez, I, I still assume, <coughs> I, I just got to <laughs> assume that he is still a top six forward at the end of the year. So, but it's tough to say, like, just to outright go right. He's definitely a top six forward because he has been a bit up and down. Yeah. And 
it, yeah, I, I'm, I want him in my side at the end of the year, but I'm just not 100% sold. Yeah, it, I'm kind of the same. Yeah. Uh, Gary Ablett, after a couple of really smashing weeks, 90 isn't quite enough from him. But having said that, it is against Richmond who don't give up a lot of points. Very true. Uh, so if you do have Gary Ablett in your side, hold him. And, you know, if you haven't got, bought him in just yet, maybe give him another week after the buy. Or at least wait until after the buy, obviously. You don't want to be bringing him in this week. No, um, doesn't make any sense. Oh, well, to be honest, I saw a lot of questions on Twitter from people saying, should I bring Josh Kelly in this week? You know, those sorts of things. And mm. it, it just seems weird in the middle of the buy rounds to bring in a player who's on his buy. Just, you, you mean last week? Last week, yeah, last week, sorry, yeah. last week. Yeah, that's which is <clears throat> is just beyond me. Um, yeah. Uh, you can kind of almost see it the last buy round Yes. if you're fielding a full team and you're getting ready for post-buys. Yeah. But mid early buys or mid-buys... There's, doesn't really there's not many players would have comfortably been fielding, you know, 19 or 20 players last week. No. A lot of players would have had dead on 18 or maybe even 17, something like that. And a few unlucky ones would have had 13. That is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll move on from there. Uh, Tom Stewart was really solid again, but unfortunately got injured at one stage in the game. Um, yes. He had a bit of an ankle injury, which kept him off the ground for a bit in the first quarter. He came back on, though, and, you know, he was solid. So if he hadn't spent that time off the ground, he might have scored a little bit higher. And you'll love this, but Dangerfield spent most of the first half up forward, couldn't get the ball, and then came into the midfield for the second half. Oh, God. It's so frustrating. he's not a forward. No, no, he's not. And he won't be a forward either. (laughs) Because he he didn't touch the ball much in the forward line. So he touches the ball in the midfield. Exactly. So frustrating for us fantasy coaches out there. Uh, Mitch Duncan was was woeful. I mean, Mm -hmm. draft coaches would be... Just shocked with some of the output that he's put out. Um, he's, he had that really down period before he got injured, came back in, he was solid enough, but he was still only getting, you know, 95 to 105. He wasn't doing what we want him to do, which was that 115 average from last year. Uh, just hasn't quite lived up to it. Uh, is no. there anyone else you want to bring up? Uh, yes, Tim Kelly. I'm assuming you're of the opinion it's time for him to go? Oh, yes. Absolutely time for Tim Kelly to go. Priced at 496000 still only about 32% of teams. No idea what his break-even is because he's on the buy. Just get rid of him. Absolutely time to get rid of him. It's a perfect time with his buy coming up. Love it. So that was the games for this round, and we're going to do something a bit different this week. We are, we're not going to break the podcast up. It's been a bit shorter so far. What? So I know, right? No break for you, mate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, uh, no pizza in the middle for you. All right, so no, we're going. Yeah, I know, mate. <laughs> so we are going to jump straight into your questions from Twitter, and after that, we'll play a game of risk it for the biscuits. So, the first question this week from uh, Peter, who's wondering, uh, do we trade McRae in classic? Um, so he's got a second part to his question, but that is the the biggest part. Yes. Yes. You can't hold him for a month at that price. Absolutely can't. It's a waste of money. And when he does come back in, his break-even is going to be ridiculous. I mean, you might actually be able to see his break-even. Um, uh, yeah, probably can, actually. Because he isn't on his buy this week. But, I mean, if his, if his break-even was 160 last week, I can only imagine it's higher. This is the highest break-even I have ever seen. What is it? 202. Jesus. I haven't seen a break-even crack 200 before. That is huge. All right, yes. Yeah, you move him on. So even when he comes back in, in a month's time, if he has a cracker of a game, you'd say, what, 140? So he still hasn't met his break he's even. He's still losing, like losing 50 grand. Get rid of him. Just move him on. As I said in the main portion, yeah. for me personally, 
The smart trade is straight to Josh Kelly. Love that idea. If you don't already have him. If you do have him, there, there are a lot of other players. I mean, Collingwood's coming off their buy this week, so Tom Phillips is one to have a look I'd at. I'd prefer to go to Trelaw. Uh, Trelaw is another one. Uh, we've actually got a question about that too. Uh, wait, who is know. there? So there's Trelaw. Um, wait, we'll go back slightly. Mm-hmm. How much is McRae? McRae is 817000 So he's still over eight hundred. So you can afford pretty much You can anything. afford anybody. And you'll get some change back. Yeah. Trelaw is 755000 Kelly is 739000 Gaff is 734000 Kerno is still doing pretty well. Uh, he is. Zorko is Sidebum seven twenty two. There's a lot of They're options. probably the, the go-to guys I'd look yeah. at. There, there are a lot of options for you to look at. And, you know, I, I think you'd be pretty comfortable with almost any of them. Uh We'll, uh, we'll move on to the next part, which was, uh, who would you get off the waiver list in a draft league out of Motlop, DeBoer, Dunkley, or Jed Anderson? Okay. Uh, Motlop, no, but I own Motlop in a redraft league, and while, mm-hmm. yes, he had a nice little 90-something uh, this week, he has been woeful all year and just, you know... He sh- has good games, but he has a lot more bad yeah. games. So he's probably going to go 50 next week, mate, so I wouldn't look at Motlop off the waiver wire there. Uh, DeBoer... No. Is he injured at the moment? No, 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 no. He played last week, the week before the bye. I because that, he got like 100 and something. Exactly, he? yeah. So he was, uh, uh, you know, he was brought in for that one game. He had a terrific game. They had the bye last week. I still don't know where he fits into their team. Like, is, yeah. is he going to go with another 100 or is he going to pump out a, you know, an average score, 70, and then you're going to be worried as hell about him even keeping his spot the next week? Um, yeah, just, I think job security is an issue there. Uh, two up and down. Dunkley's an interesting one to look at because surely he has to come in this week. Yeah, apparently he was pretty good in the VFL. I don't know exactly what he did, but... I mean, I'd be close to saying Dunkley is my favourite, but just quickly, Jed Anderson, I've liked him a lot this year. He was injured for a while. I'm not sure if he's fit now. If Jed Anderson is fit and in the team, he's my favourite of those four that you've just mentioned because I like what he's done this year at the Kangaroos. He cemented his spot as mm. well. And, you know, I, I think he's an attacking sort of player who can rank up rack up a bit of the ball. So I'd probably rank it Anderson if he's fit and firing. Yep. Uh, then Dunkley, then DeBoer, then Motlop. That would be my I'd be the same, except Dunkley and Anderson. For me, I could switch them. Yeah. But I'm not too wedded to either one yeah. over the other. Exactly. Um, just wait and see what team lists say, I would, I would suggest. I wouldn't be rushing into it now. The, the issue is... Well, Obviously, you might lose one of them if they're yeah. taken quickly. And, and Dunkley's job security is a major issue, whereas Jed Anderson's isn't if he's fit. So. True. Uh, we've got a question from Ryan, who's wondering, who would you trade in out of Redmond? And uh, is, that, is that Joel or Josh Smith? I can't remember which Joel. Joel Smith, yeah, there yeah, we go. From Melbourne. Um, and which one out of Josh Kelly, Tom Phillips, and Dane Zorko for Classic? All right. Uh, first part of the question, I'm myself bringing in Redmond because yeah. uh, I had the choice between those two, purely because... Melbourne are a much better side, and he, Smith will be right on the fringe of the best 22. Don't get me wrong, Redmond is the exact same thing for Essendon, mm-hmm. but he's got more of an opportunity probably to prove himself in a side that's a bit poorer. I'm going Smith because they brought him in to trial him in the lever role for mm. a few weeks, so yeah. I think he's got at least a few weeks um, to sort of make that role his. He did mm-hmm. well on in his first game for the year. Um, and because Melbourne is a good team, I think he you has think, more opportunity to score. You think he'll, there's less likelihood of a blowout happening against him and then like a mass culling or something like yeah. that? Yeah. 
You know, I actually don't mind that reasoning. I think you've swung me. I, I, I think oh, I might be bringing. I think I might be bringing in Smith instead of Redmond this week. <laughs> it's it's really a flip of the coin. If you can bring both of them in, if you can do a double downgrade to make some, you know, make some cash this yeah, week. If you're one of the lucky ones that doesn't have McRae, yeah, exactly. You can, um, then you could double downgrade to get the cash to do something else to get a really good guy. And, and then on the week after the buy, so uh, after we finish the buy this week, um, we'll have, go back to two trades next yeah. week. Uh, you can bring in two top tier guys and come out of the bye with a terrific looking team. Yeah. Um, that which is not a bad idea. Uh, in terms of which one out of Josh Kelly, Phillips, and Zorko, I'll rank them right now. Uh, you've done it yourself, actually. Kelly, Phillips, Zorko in that order for me. Um, Kelly, oh, I'm still not a hundred percent sold on Phillips' mm-hmm. consistency. Yep. But, but Zorko also, worries me with a tag. Yeah, Zorko worries me with a tag big time, and I just. I don't think Tom Phillips is going to get tagged ever. I think his consistency, yes, it might be up and down, but at some stage, Zorko is going to cop a massive tag again and go down to like 50. Yeah, Phillips' um, basement is probably higher than Zorko's when he gets tagged, so Phillips in ahead just for me. Yeah, tough one. Um, we've got a question from Brody who's wondering, how much more valuable is each position in terms of points for draft leagues? Uh, so... Uh, I find back forward is worth 12 to 15 points more than a mid, so a 90-point back like Howe would be worth 102 to 105-point mid like Seb Ross. Do you agree, and what do you think the difference is? Yeah, I okay. agree, yes, but I've never given it enough thought to actually come up with a number. Uh, yeah, I agree to an extent, but it, there really does have... Uh, because I'm assuming you're mostly talking about keeper leagues here, while that would... Uh, I don't think he would be. I think he'd be talking about from a trading perspective. Just from a trading perspective in both so how would how do you value it? Yeah, that's true. But if you're looking at it in terms of keeper league, um, current role does play a part in it, but not as big a role as it would in a redraft. So say, for example, like a, uh, a Toby McLean, who is huge this year and the best forward by a long shot. Yep. But next year, he will be a midfielder. Yes. So, But that's not actually what the question was. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is his points... Uh, would you say that he would be worth a, you know, a fifteen points more than a midfielder? Even though next year he will be a midfielder, so you're only really getting him as a forward. For if one I year. was to put numbers on it, I would have different numbers for redraft versus keeper. Yes, yes, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So there is a difference there. Um, and again, I probably agree with you there, Brody. It's uh, it's probably closer to twelve rather than fifteen for me. Maybe I'd say ten to twelve points difference. Uh, but for yeah, keeper or redraft for for. Uh, for a redraft, and then a keeper might be that might might be similar, and, and it would really depend on role going forward. So you've got to look towards next year when it comes to keeper league. You can't just look at right. He's a defender now. He's automatically worth fifteen points more than a midfielder. That's right. Um, so, or a midfielder has to be earning fifteen points more per game to be worthy of a trade with this defender, if you catch yeah. my drift. Yeah, there's other factors to consider. Yeah. For keepers, so, for sure. uh, but for a redraft, no, I definitely agree with you, mate. Yeah, it's um. Uh, it's definitely something you have to pay attention to when you're doing your trades. Uh, we'll uh, we'll move on to the next question. There, who we got? Oh god! Oh, <laughs> all right. Just the side tells me who you. All right, next. all right. We've got one from Dating Advice AFL at Dating Advice AFL, which it's I, been a little while since they sent one. Yeah, they haven't sent one. They're last running out of material. I reckon they must be running out of material. Is this right? like just like us waving the red rag in front of the ball? <laughs> We're going to get like three questions next week. Oh mate, they're going to set double digits. If they have stage. enough material, yeah. Um, 
So the question is, is this the point of the season where you should be looking for something more long-term rather than short-term? Conversely, what age should you be looking to make the switch from short fun to long-term in dating? Oh, God. Uh, Okay. Uh, Do you want to take this one? I usually answer I don't really want to take this one at all. (laughs) I guess I'll, uh, I'll try and dilute this down to a pure AFL fantasy point of view. Um, so is this the point of the season where we should be looking long-term with our trades and our waiver wire pickups? Then we should be with our short. Uh, again, going back to the last question, you've definitely got to keep in mind whether you're talking about a keeper league or a draft league. Uh, uh, keeper league or a redraft league. Yep. Uh, with a redraft, you're always thinking short-term. You're always obviously thinking for this year. Yep. At this point in the year in a keeper league, you will know if you are challenging for finals at the end of the year or if you are at the very bottom of the list... Well, you, you'll probably know if you're challenging yeah, yeah. for finals. There, there's always that middle tier, those couple who are you know, jostling for that last and, one and or two spots. Bit because with drafts, once you're in the finals, anything can happen. Mm, absolutely. So you've just got to get there as your first goal. But mm. as you say, if you know you're not getting in, yeah. then yes, you start thinking long-term. Or you just go a few lottery tickets for the end of the year and see what happens. See what there. happens, yeah. So, uh, like I say, in a in a keeper league, if you're towards the top of the ladder, or you know, even in that middling sort of thing, you should be thinking short term. Maybe grab someone who you think can do really well for the ma- remainder of the year. Maybe even look at a senior player or two. You might not be keeping them next year, but if they help you push for something, like you say, you never know what happens when you're in finals. Yeah. If you're towards the bottom of the year, yeah, uh, bottom of the table, yes, now is probably the time where you have to think, right, it's going to be a real uphill struggle for me to make finals this year. Maybe I can pick up a couple of guys who I like the look of, see what they can do over the course of the year, and if they are keepers for me next year, great, all the better. And if not, I haven't really lost out on anything, to be yeah. honest. And in redraft, as you say, pretty much short-term the full year. In classic... You're not looking for value at this stage mm-hmm. as much. When you're bringing premiums in, you're bringing in guys that you want to be in your team at the end of the year. Absolutely. You're not so looking you're at those mid-prices and that sort of long term. Yeah. You want to get, as of this point now, your team should be trying to work towards what you think is the best possible team you can put on the park every single week. Um, so, question from AFL Fantasy Nerd. He's actually got two questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one is Phillips or Trelaw. Trelaw. Trelaw for me. Trelaw. Yeah. I mean, Phillips does have a massive ceiling when he gets going, and he did have that yeah. period where he went, you know, 120 plus for almost a month. Mm-hmm. But Trelaw has been consistent over... He's got the most, runs on the board. Exactly. And you're really happy with runs on the board. Yeah. So, he, yeah. Trelaw, I will feel more comfortable with Trelaw. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. Uh, next question uh, AFL Fantasy Nerd had was, is Wingard a must-have this week? We actually talked about that a little bit in the pod, and I think yes. yes. I agree, yes. I know that we said just before that, uh, you know, we don't want to be bringing in mid-prices at this point of the season, and this seems really contrary to that, but the role that Wingard is playing and the way that he is playing it, if this continues, he could be a top-six forward at the end of the year. And that's the other thing you've got to take into account in Classic as well. It's all well and good to go. They've done this so far for the year. Mm Mm-hmm. That doesn't really matter now. It's yeah. about what you think they're going to do for the rest of the year going forward. Agreed. So, Wingard, I think with the role that he's playing, and like I say, as he's playing it, he could be a top six forward, get him in, and at the very least, he's going to make you money. Yeah. So, that's that's just a by thought, but it's yeah. still important. Um, but yeah, he's definitely a must-have this week for me. Uh, question from Jackson. 
who's wondering what our thoughts are on Hurley. Feel like he could be a decent point of difference guy in defence with his consistency. Michael Hurley is a little bit of a worry for me, to be honest. Now, I, I say that knowing that there's not a lot of consistency anywhere in the uh, outside of the top three or maybe four defenders that you would suggest. So we mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, you've got Laird, you've got Yo, you've got Sicily, and you've got Simpson. Those are the four that I feel absolutely safe having in my uh, top six at the end of the year. The last two spots could really go to a fair few people. I mean, Lockie Whitfield is someone that I would probably want in my team. Yep. Jeez, um, oh, I can't even think of some of the others. I, I've currently got Howe. He had that really good month and then hasn't done anything yeah, since. Yeah, Jeremy Howe. Um, Angus Brayshaw, if he can stay fit. Angus Brayshaw is a really good ch- chance to uh, stay in there. Um, Jack, Jack Crisp. Crisp is sort of up and down but still floating around yeah, in that I, spot. If I was talking about a POD, I'd probably prefer Crisp than, than Hurley? Uh, Michael Hurley. <clears throat> um yeah, I would as well, I think. Um, so Hurley's averaging 88.9 this year. Mm. Um, his last... Oh, he's missed a couple of games, but his last two games before the bye were 97 and 65. The issue I have with Hurley, and I haven't checked the this for the other guys we've just mentioned, but yeah. he's run home during finals. Um, round 21, he plays Saints. You think he'll probably score pretty well then. That should be a good score. Round 22, though, he plays Richmond. Uh. Not... Not good at all. No. And then round 23, he plays Port. Awful. Not well, Not good no, either. No. So I don't like his run home during the fantasy finals. So, yeah, he's, he's just not for us. Plus, I, I really don't like the idea of bringing in a defender who's averaging less than 90. Like, I, I know that, yeah, you've got to look forward to what he could do, but he hasn't got the runs on the board so far this season, and that's, yeah, it's not quite enough. Jack Crisp is going amazingly at the moment. Um, you know, Angus Brayshaw just before that poor game um, on Queen's birthday, yeah. he was doing incredible. Lockie Whitfield is doing great things now. Josh Kelly is back in. Yeah. Would much rather have those sort of guys <clears throat> in there as your, your point of differences. Agreed. Um, so, last question for the day is from uh, another one from Ryan, actually, who's sent in uh, Billings. <laughs> Are you trading Ooh. him in after his buy, or do you see him? Or, or do you I see think that him? should be, do you want to see Or do you want him? to see more from him? Yeah. Um, over 60% spent on the wing last week. Um, I think it was actually closer to 70% when I um, uh, for, I saw that tweeted by Fantasy Freako during the I'll week. Take your word for it. Um, he might have been rounding up there, though. So, no, I'm not bringing him in. I want to see more. Yeah, I want to see more as well. One game isn't enough to convince me, especially after Jesus he sucked us in for two, three months to start this season off. I told you as well last week, didn't I? I can see the storm clouds on the horizon. He had an amazing game in the midfield. Alan Richardson might think, you know what? This guy that we said was going to get more midfield time at the start of the year. Try playing him in the midfield. Maybe we should play him in the mid. Mate, you know, he's not touching it much in the forward line. Where's the ball more often? Oh, you know, it might be the... Thanks, Alan. That's all I can say. You know, it's... It's a bit frustrating, but... I mean, it's poor coaching just in general. He is a very classy user of the ball. He knows... And he does have the ability to find it when he is, you know, when he's around the ball. So the ball wasn't in the Saints forward line at all. I can understand you wanting to get someone with a lot of skills to try and score, but come on, give the guy a chance to get his hands on the ball at least. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's a pass from both of us for this week. Yeah, that's um, yeah, hard pass on Billings. Definitely don't want to do that. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to jump into our game of Risk It for the Biscuit for the week. Now, I'm sure most of you know how this works by now, but for those of you that are new out there or those of you that don't, uh, basically what we do is 
you know, if there's a matchup that you have in your draft league, uh, if you're taking on, you know, the ladder league leader, if you're uh, if you're really desperate at the moment, you need to push towards those finals, uh, hanging out in the middle of the table. This is a player that we believe you can bring in off the waiver wire and will get you a cracking score this week. So uh, we, I just saw Matt's face when he looked at his choices <laughs> this week. <laughs> but the rules are uh, they have to be under 50% owned in uh, Ultimate Footy so that you have ac- most teams will have access to them. Yeah. And also, at the moment, we kind of reuse them. Of reuse them. I think we should reset that after next week. I agree. I 100% agree. I struggled this week. Oh, this is the hardest week I've had. Scraping the bottom of the barrel. We were through the bottom of the barrel looking up. I missed the barrel below that. Oh, God. It's, it wasn't pretty. So we'll, uh, we'll so start off this round. Last week, <clears throat> I went with Bailey Rice and Tommy Sheridan. You did. Rice is a failure. Absolutely. Sheridan, though, I am going to claim two points. I, I'll, I'll agree with that. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Sheridan got 85. Uh, as a defender, you're not getting two points for 85. Mate. What? I'm pretty sure. No, not an 85. Pretty sure he's worth two points. 90 points has generally been our cutoff for for uh, defenders and forwards getting uh, getting two points. Hang on a second. I'm going to bring up his scores. I'm pretty sure he was two points worthy. I I, I somehow doubt it. We are we as the scoring system for those of you who aren't aware out there. Uh, you get a, obviously anything. Shocking is uh, zero points. You can get one point for a pretty decent score, something you're happy with, and you get two points for something that you would call you would be ecstatic with. I would not be ecstatic with an eighty-five coming I'd off. I'd be pretty happy with an eighty-five. Would you be ecstatic with it? Would you be? Open? I wouldn't be ecstatic because I've got there, Tom Sheridan. My yeah, team. <laughs> also accurate. I uh, no, I'm I'm not calling an eighty-five, and I I say that knowing the risk I take take going into my oh. choice next. You... 85, mate. This feels like you're changing rules again. No, 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 no. We've never had an 85 get two points before on the podcast. I can guarantee you that. It's always been around about 90. Anyhow. Anyhow. All right. So... One point for me. I'm on 10 points. Yeah. And now, last week, you really struggled to come up with anyone. So, you used your one and only opportunity to double or nothing. I did. So, you picked one player rather than two. I did. And the rules go, when you double or nothing... (laughs) You double the scores that they get. Yes. So if they get one point worthy, you get two points. Mm-hmm. Two, four, etc. If they fail to score enough to get a point, you lose one. Mm-hmm. It's the only opportunity to lose something. Yeah. And to make it even more interesting <laughs> for you, you picked a guy that wasn't even in the team. Yeah, I picked a guy who was playing in the VFL the week before, uh, which was David Armitage from the Saints, and that is a move we call the reverse Hutchings around here. Uh, it's a reference to a, uh, a past pick a couple of years ago now, but it was uh, basically if you're bringing someone in from the VFL who hasn't even been named in the team yet, it's risky. Yeah. It, so the tick one for you was he actually got named in the squad. He did get named in the squad. And he played very well as well. He did. He did. So Was it a 96? It was a 96. Now, we actually had a little bit of banter on our uh, on our little chat that we <coughs> had for our Keeper League. Yes. Uh, about whether or not this was worthy of two points, therefore doubled to four points. Yeah. Or one point, therefore doubled to two points. Yeah. Now, um, bear in mind that Armitage is a centre only. Yes, and that, that is a big... So a higher cutoff. That is a big fact. Now, I'm happy to throw myself on your mercy here, and that's why I knew it was so risky to give you just a one for mm, Sheridan. But I'm sticking by that at the risk of losing two points. You just lost two points. All right. I'm happy I to do that. would have gone with two, but... That was on the basis that I was thinking, all right, so a centre, you need to score more yep. than a, a backman or a forward. So, say, a, 
I don't know, somewhere between 80 and 85 is basically your, say 85 is your initial yeah. cutoff. I'm happy to actually put in here a um, an actual number that you need to get to. I probably should. I'm happy to say that for two points, you need to score as a centre 100. You need to get a ton on the board. It feels right. 96 is close, and there were some good points on the chat saying that to find a centre in the yeah. waiver list at the moment who could score 96, you're probably insanely ecstatic with that. Yeah. But on the same flip side of the coin, you want them to get a ton. And I'm happy to set the number for a defender or a forward to get where you're ecstatic at 90. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was umming and ahhing about this one all week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure, I sure. think the only time we've ever had a centre get two points before was Billy Stretch last year, and he did crack the ton. He did, he did. So I'm happy to say ton for a centre, 90 plus for a defender or a back or a ruckman. Yeah, seems about right. Yep. So those are set in stone. Those are our point scoring systems. Now we can we can't just randomly make shit up every single week. Yeah. Just go. Oh, it feels roughly about it. Yeah. And so I'm going to jump in with my first pick because I yes. got the uh, the first one this week, and I'm going with a player 34 percent owned from Essendon, playing in Optus Stadium. David Myers. David Myers. Well done. It's uh, had 104 in his return game just before the bye. He played really solid. He was in the midfield, playing a little bit of a tagging role, but working off of it. It wasn't a hard tag. Um, the really important thing for me is he's playing West Coast in Optus Stadium. Now, Optus does have a little bit more open space, so he will get some more plus sixes. West Coast aren't a close checking team, so midfielders can make points against them. And again, just that 104 in his return game shows that his role was very, very good for mm. fantasy footy. And obviously, he needed a ton for me to get two points as well because he is a uh, centre only. Yep. So uh, he was on my list as well. Yeah. So I like your pick. My first choice is David Myers. Who have you got, mate? Very good. So my first choice, you'll laugh at my choice. I, I might not. What's his ownership percentage first? 46%. Okay, good. You haven't chosen my guy. Yeah, I have a feeling I know who your second guy is, and I have a feeling it's my third option. I don't think it might whiz. I think I've got a, got a bit different, but okay. all right. Well, my first option is Mason Wood, oh. forward from North. Ah, your boy. 46% owned. Your boy. You love Mason I've Wood. I've been waiting for years for him to actually become fantasy relevant, and he just keeps disappointing he's me. still not, but... But he is fresh off the bye. Mm-hmm. He's playing the injury-ravaged dogs who have lost um, their captain from defence. Love it who have lost their best midfielder, mm-hmm. who may or may not lose their best forward. They're ripe for the picking. Mm-hmm. He had 80 on the Lions in round 11 and 75 on the Cats, a much harder game in round 12. I like it. I, Mason I, Wood. Those are good good points. Love it. So Mason Wood is a good choice this week. Um, uh, all right. My second pick for Risk It for the Biscuit this week. 7% owned from the Gold Coast. Well, is that who you thought? There we go. Yeah, have gone very different. Have gone different. Um, Sean Lemons is a uh, very, very different. Yeah, Sean Lemons is. Uh, I like this kid. He's a good young player. They love having him in their side when he can, when he's actually fit and firing. Um, he's a good X factor player. He's playing the Hawks, who have been a better team to score on this year. He had a solid seventy on return last week for his first game in quite a long time. And the most important thing for me. He's available as both a defender and a forward, which in these Ooh, buy rounds is incredibly important. I mean, having someone that you can bring in as both a defender or a forward to switch around a little bit yeah. is fantastic. So that 
position. the most useful DPP. That just pushed him ahead in my books. So yeah, I was I considering like a couple more, but Sean Lemons, I reckon, will come in and get a very solid score for you this week. Yeah, I like it. All right, like what, have you, what have you got for your now, last The question thing? is, do I go double or nothing with Wood, or do I go someone else playing safe? Ho, ho, ho. How confident should I feel with Wood? I tell you what, that is a risky biscuit, but I love everything about it. I'm not going to do it. I'm oh. going to save my, my double or nothing for another time. Oh, no. All right. But I was sorely tempted. Oh, I bet you were. What have you? All right, who have you got for your second pick? A different Mason. Mason Cox. Mason Redmond. Oh, Mason Redmond. Okay. First name Mason. I wrote that down. Didn't even. I did. <laughs> there's a few I'm Masons. assuming that I wasn't just copying Mason Woodson. There's, there's a few Masons in there. <laughs> I don't actually know what Redmond's first name oh, is. You I might not have one. He's just Redman. <laughs> Blank Redmond. So, so Redmond. Yeah. Um, Essendon back. Thirty percent owned. Fifteen percent started last mm-hmm. week. He's only played the one game. For 92 versus Brisbane. Solid score. And my reasoning's pretty much the same as yeah. you with the whole Optus against the Eagles thing. So. And, and it should, realistically, the Eagles should win pretty solidly in that game. And yeah. you would think the ball would be in the forward line a fair bit as well for them, which means as a defender, he will get a little bit exactly, of the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think those are good picks, actually. So yep. uh, We think that every week, though, we very rarely that is get true. points out of it. So. <laughs> well, hopefully those picks help you out there, and you have a great weekend of fantasy footy. Remember, it is the last week of the bye, yes. and keep an eye out. Yes, I was just about to say. Just keep an eye out, because later in the week, Extended Bench Podcast will be releasing a little bit of extra bonus content for this bye week period. Yes, so because this was a very quick podcast. It today. was. We won't give it away what it is just yet, but uh, hang out. We might get more people listening if we do. No, 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 no. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep it a secret, shall we? Okay, you're yeah, the boss. Keep, keep it. No, no. All right, all right. Basically, what, we, what we've done is... We're no, looking... no, we can't keep it secret. Oh, okay. Yeah. We just packed for like five yeah. minutes of arguing about this. Yeah, there we go. Um, it's, up, it's up to you. It will but be. There will be bonus content later. There, this absolutely, week. there will. We'll, it'll be announced on Twitter. Remember to follow us at Extended Bench AU, and you can find us obviously on all the podcast platforms. Uh, Podcast Addict, iTunes, SoundCloud, and why don't you just give us a like when you pop on there? Give us a like, give us a rating, let us know what you think, and we, we always love hearing from our fans. So have a great week in the fantasy footy, last week of the buys. We can all look forward to sleeping a bit more peacefully after this. Have a great weekend, guys. Catch you.